my pod peeps. This is Historical AF, and we've got a lot of holiday and jingle jangling and all kinds of business rolling at you. My name is Natalie. And I'm Kina. We're a historian and a librarian delivering some funny, weird, spooky, and morbid historical nuggets to your ear holes. This time, holiday-related. Yep. In those ear holes is episode 36, Holidays Part Dose. Yes, yes. Hopefully you enjoyed part one with our special guest, Arts History. So thanks again, y'all, for coming on. Mm-hmm. They were so nice and funny. I like them. They were. I enjoyed it. I like their story, too. I like yes. Christmas Witch now. <laughs> I That is going to be in my house. The oh, Christmas Witch. There's a lot a of thing. these weird things I found that I'm like, why is this not a thing? I need this to come back. So 2020. Holidays are changing, y'all. We're going to <laughs> bring them back. <laughs> Basically, all right, Christmas, witch, shamrock, witch, <laughs> Halloween, Santa. You know, we're going to change it up, y'all. <laughs> well, yeah, my story today is going to it's gonna tie into this. I have right. a good argument. Yes, I have a good argument oh, for say, why this is a thing. Santa, shoot me on Halloween. It's creepy as fuck. He sees you when you're sleeping. Hello. Oh, yeah, it's very true. Very stalkery, if you think about it. He doesn't need to see me, what I'm doing. <laughs> I, was, I was just picturing, like, Roxanne, like, you know, <laughs> see under red light, like, and Santa's singing, and it's like he's watching you. <laughs> One thousand percent. I need this to be a thing. <laughs> what are you drinking today? Rum and dark pepper. Solid go-to. Drinking Texas pecan whiskey. Ooh, I got some, and holy shit! I normally don't like whiskey. It doesn't taste like whiskey. It tastes like pecans. Out of all of that, I'm just glad you pronounced pecan correctly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is an ongoing fight. That and bagel. If he refuses to answer to bagel. It's bagel or something. I'm like, I can't. That doesn't with you. even make sense because like, <laughs> don't you know English and how we sound out our vowels? Uh, it's been a whole thing. So I went to Fort Worth to see Brianne and Luciano for the bachelorette party. And they were like, try this whiskey. And I'm like, I hate whiskey. And they're like, Brianne's like, shove it in my face. And she's like, no, try it. And I was like, oh, this is good. So then I procured it by befriending the people and figuring out a way to get it. So he's like, well, I've already had a pecan whiskey. It's really good. Mine's better. And then I was like, no, try this one. Mine's better. So now it's been this ongoing fight. <laughs> And Luciano and Brienne got in on it because they were like, there's no way your whiskey's better than this whiskey. So they're going to get his, too. We're going to have, like, an epic taste-off. But Luciano made a meme. It's that cat, you know, where people screaming and the cat. We put Zeke's head on the cat. And then he put <laughs> Brienne and Luciano looking angry, pointing. And then he's like, I could not find a single photo on the internet of you not smiling. So he found one where my head's a strawberry from Snapchat. And I'm just floating in the background. <laughs> 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 and... He did it so fast. I was like, how did you even do this? It's like, he had to dig through some photos. Yeah, because that strawberry was from like three years ago. Kudos, man. Well, yeah, you, you, ma'am, have a shit ton of photos on your goddamn Facebook. Because I found found on your little collage there, (laughs) I dug deep like into your first few photos of Facebook. I saw one from, like, college when I was at a sorority, and I was like, whoa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a long time ago. Well, I wanted young Kina and older Kina. <laughs> I was showing you through the years, basically. <laughs> that was so sweet. I was like, 
emotional. Zeke's like, get it together. <laughs> no. Yeah, whiskey's good. So shout out to Sledge Distillery in Fort Worth. So if you're ever in Fort Worth, go there. And then they have uh, Moonshine, that, the stuff that Luciano was drinking. I got to try it. And now I understand oh, why yeah. he was so drunk because you, it tastes like a peach. There's no can alcohol they, taste. Can they sponsor us? <laughs> <laughs> but real quick before you stick it. Blah, blah. <laughs> before we get started, I would like to give a shout out to Marissa because I think she's hilarious and <laughs> she has bought a couple of my paintings and just thank you. Thank you so much for this starving artist that needs more starving. And I love the post on Facebook that she did where it was a notification that I added more photos. I think that was so funny. Your reaction. Apologize a little bit for your paycheck sake. <laughs> <laughs> my stuff is not super expensive, but you know, everyone works hard for their money. Mm-hmm. So I I understand her feelings on that because there are lots of things I would like in the world. But <laughs> but I wanted to just say thank you, thank you. And you make me laugh. And thank you for supporting this artist. I appreciate it. Aw, yay. So heartwarming. Now I'm going to be a bitch. Like, let's, all right. Now I got that whole thing. <laughs> you got 10 seconds of sweetness, Marissa, and you got all of it. <laughs> yeah, it's very limited. Because I got morbid today, y'all. I got morbid. Oh, man. And you know how that goes. <laughs> murder. And more murder. Basically, <laughs> it's a list again. It's one of those crazy, wacky lists of murder. <laughs> I love now that people are tweeting. It's like, what are you guys about? I'm just like, do you like murder? Do you like booze? Do you like the word fuck? Maybe some ghosts. But it's like mostly murder. It started out being like funny history, but it's just gone downhill murder. to mostly murder. So. <laughs> Which Yay. is my favorite square on the bingo sheet. Murder. <laughs> oh, yeah. We made a bingo sheet of things that we say a lot. So we're going to have it on the website and on our social media. So if you want to download it and let's say what? A shot for every block. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Or maybe not a shot, but so every phrase you hear, you at least take a sip. And then when you get a bingo, you take a shot. Ooh, that's a good one. And we need... Or, at least, or if you're with people, maybe you choose someone to take a shot. Like, bingo, Ooh, take a shot. Depending on how drunk you want to get. If you're like, lucky me, you get another beer. That's great. You roll like that. <laughs> or like, lucky you, it's your birthday or it's whatever. You're going to take the shot, you know. However you want to play it. But yeah. that was kind of my thought. We need photos or video. And then we need to know how many bingos are in each episode. <laughs> so, perfect opportunity to start re-listening. You know, if you just want to go back and... I think <laughs> when I was reading through them, I think the diagonals are probably going to be what's the easiest. So, I think we've already hit like a whole sheet. I think we're on a second sheet at this point, <laughs> just with this intro alone. That's true. I asked some of the Patreon for some words and they were throwing a lot. I was like, ah, we need a second one. So I don't realize I say certain things as much as I do. And I'm like, yeah, that makes, that checks out. I do. <laughs> Yeah, I want to add your, yeah, like, yeah, with a few dots to it. Because you're like, oh, and oh, wow. (laughs) I know when I'm editing, I'm like, I need to really throw in some extra words. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. Do you want to start with spooky or do you want to start with random? What will pick us up from murder? Random, maybe, or the... Random's probably funnier. Okay, spooky. Let's do spooky first. All right. Spooky, spooky. All right. So spooky. 
Natalie, what's the most terrifying song you've ever heard? <laughs> what's sad is that there's too many. Like, <laughs> uh, I've, I've, I noticed like the most cheerful nursery rhymes tend to be kind of the creepiest. Oh, that that's true. Like, or even like that whistling tune from American Horror Story. Oh yeah, like that's pretty bad because it's so cheerful and everything while he's like killing everyone. Well, I got another one to add to your list. Damn it. It's the most wonderful time of the year. That one can be bad, too. Like, movies ruin stuff for you, man. It's true. So, I was reading the lyrics, and something jumped out at me. So, I'm going to read a verse, and you tell me if something catches your interest. There'll be parties for hosting, marshmallows for toasting, and caroling out in the snow. There'll be scary ghost stories and tales of glories and Christmases long, long ago. Marshmallows. I was kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously scary ghost stories. Yes. So apparently telling ghost stories on Christmas Eve was a huge Christmas tradition in that it was scarier than Halloween. (laughs) That's crazy. So I'm fucking mind. Especially since we just learned about the Christmas witch. Now, apparently, we tell horror stories. Like, yes, it's all coming together now with all these weird fucking, like, Krampus shit. It's like beating people and eating them. So, yeah, it's all, it's all coming together. So, this song, I've heard it a thousand times and I've never caught that uh, verse before. So... I was intrigued. And then I found out that, yeah, ghost stories were a huge part of Christmas until Puritans fucked that shit up. Like, they do everything else. Because why can't we have nice things, Puritans? <laughs> so, anyway, this is my petition to bring it back. I want this shit back. I want it to be ghost stories next year, Christmas Eve. Let's do this. <laughs> so, anyway, this tradition goes back not only to, like, Charles Dickens, you know, Scrooge and the ghosts and stuff. But it goes back centuries because of the European solstice. They'd have major ragers. And so a lot of the modern traditions of Christmas we have, you know, slash stolen, come from Old Norse, German, Celtic, celebrations of solstice, including the tree, light, stockings, gift giving, St. Nicholas, which we talked about, and then the telling of ghost stories. The night of the winter solstice is the longest duration of nighttime of the year. And early Europeans believed that this marked the blurring of the barrier between worlds of the living and the dead. So I'm sounding a little familiar with the Halloween episode we did. <laughs> like, did we, didn't we already do this? Like, <laughs> <laughs> They're eerily similar. So this was a perfect opportunity to spend those winter nights bonding over tales of ghosts and monsters. And then a lot of books of the time really got into it, too. Alas, fast forward through the rise of Christianity. Shockingly, there was a a strong push to get rid of this by the Puritans. And they also wanted to abolish Christmas because they said that Christmas isn't outlined in the Bible. Therefore, only the Lord's Day, the Sabbath that is mentioned, is the only thing that should be celebrated. So they're no fun. (laughs) They want to get rid of all the pagan fun shit that we got now. Like, basically, no more Christmas, y'all. <laughs> yeah, they're like, you can't have that. You can't have that. So, and there's awfully, and there's, like, no room for interpretation either with them. Like, nope, it doesn't say it. Uh, nope, 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 nope. Obviously, the Puritans were most of the party boats that were heading towards the Americas. So, at this point, a lot of these traditions didn't make it over here because the party poopers refused to bring it over here. 
Fun fact, Christmas has been banned and unbanned several times over the past 350 years, depending on who was sitting on the throne in England. And it wasn't even recognized as a holiday in the United States until 1850. That's not very long ago, honestly. I was very shocked. Well, granted, we're not really that old. I mean, it took a little less than 100 years for us to get Christmas on. That actually doesn't sound that crazy to me. Yeah, I just think it's funny. Don't be that guy that bans Christmas. Don't that is that. true. Like, that's like a very Scrooge thing to do, man. <laughs> so I went into a lot of detail about the reemergence of St. Nicholas on my birthday episode. So I'm not going to repeat myself. But the summary is that, you know, celebrations were all the rage. And then period people, you know, i.e. Puritans fucked it up and they stopped it. But Santa <laughs> refused to die. So he came back and now he's like everywhere. Cannot get rid of him now. So some other people helped, but it was really Charles Dickens who popularized ghost stories on Christmas Eve again. The Christmas issues of the magazines he edited, like Household Words, and then after 1859, all year round, he regularly included ghost stories. And not just The Christmas Carol, but he also included works like Chimes and the Haunted Man, both of which also feature an unhappy man who changes his ways after being visited by a ghost. Dickens's publications, which were not just winter-themed but explicitly linked to Christmas, helped forge a bond between the holiday and ghost stories. Christmas Eve, he would claim in The Seven Poor Travelers, Travelers from 1854, says, is the witching time for storytelling. I really dig that. There's the witching hour, now there's the witching time. But then... In, like, 1868, he's like, I ain't doing this shit no more. And then he complained to his friend, Charles Fetcher, that he felt, quote, as if I murdered a Christmas number of years ago. Perhaps I did, and its ghost perpetually haunts me. (laughs) So I'm not sure what happened there. (laughs) He's like, I'm done. I'm not going to do this shit no more. I just now want to say, at story time in the morning, he's like, it's witching time, everyone. (laughs) Little ones gather around. It's witching time. Gather around for stories. <laughs> I need that to happen. <laughs> Bring it back. You're like, this is historically accurate, parents. I don't know. Or I'm just, they're cultured now. That's I do actually is. have some really cool story time moms. I, <laughs> it's funny. All my story time moms are from different states. Oh, cool. I've got one from Virginia, one from New York, one from Atlanta and Georgia, and... And a few others, and then, like, two are actually from Little Rock or from Arkansas. <laughs> I'm like, this is crazy. It's just very yeah. diverse. That's really cool, though. Sorry. Sorry I, I interjected. <laughs> no, no, that's really cool. So, by the time he quit, though, the Christmas ghost stories had taken a life of its own. And then other writers kind of rushed to fill the void that he had left. But even as late as 1915, ghost stories were hanging in there and found in Christmas annuals of magazines. And then in Florence Kingsland's 1904 book of indoor and outdoor games to do at Christmas, she wrote, quote, The realm of spirits was always thought to be nearer to that of mortals on Christmas than any other time. And then suggested that ghosty things should happen on Christmas. But at the same time that this tradition of Christmas ghosts began to solidify, a new tradition was being imported from across the Atlantic, carried by a huge wave of Scottish and Irish immigrants coming to America, which is the old Halloween we talked about on the Halloween episode. You know, the holiday, as we know, it is an odd hybrid of like Celtic and Catholic traditions. It borrows heavily from ancient pagan holidays, the Samhain that we talked about, and then that celebrates the end of the harvest season and the onset of winter. 
merged with Catholic festivals, and this one in particular, All Souls Day, a time when the dead were revered and the boundaries between this life and the next were the thinnest, which is exactly what they just said for Christmas, and when ghosts and goblins rule the night. So because it was carried by the Scottish and Irish immigrants to America, Halloween didn't immediately displace Christmas as the predominant holiday for ghosts. Partly because the Scottish and the Irish were really intent on trying to make Halloween a cultural, like, heritage holiday. They were like, nah, 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 leave all the ghosts for Halloween. Let's make this a Scottish thing. And people were like, nah, I don't, I don't want to do that. <laughs> so it did not work out. Nicholas Rogers wrote in his Halloween from Pagan Ritual to Party Night, quote, There were efforts, in fact, to recast Halloween as a day of decorous ethnic celebration, end quote. Americans' hunger for ghosts and nightmares, however, outweighed their hunger for Irish and Scottish culture, and Americans seized on Halloween's supernatural rather than cultural aspects, and we all know how that turned out. So, fuck your culture, give me the spooks, was apparently what happened, and then Christmas was just like, alright, I don't want to do that anymore anyway. Mm. <laughs> Went off with Santa. <laughs> but, Christmas is still spooky as hell, even without ghost stories, so here's just a couple of them. And a lot of these came from a thing called Fodor's Travelers, and they're very witty, and I thought it was funny. So, if you've ever said, I like Christmas carolers, but they're not insulting enough, and they never have any animal skulls, then Wales has a holiday for you. This is amazing. The Mari Lloyd is a really intense traveling rap battle, and this is not even made up, in which a group of people travel door to door with a horse skull on a stick, and then they insult the people you know, in the house, and it goes back and forth until the people eventually invite them in and then they get drunk. All right. Makes perfect <laughs> sense. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Don't know what else to do. I'm not really sure where so many people acquire a horse skull for this purpose, but then one Welshman I saw in an article said, it is surprisingly easy to come by a horse skull. I have three. So there's that. And then you own a ranch or something. True. And then also the horse head is like decorated and then they put a sheet so whoever's holding the horse head is under a big flowing sheet so it looks kind of like a horse ghosty horse ghost yeah going through the town you know insulting people for drinks i might get behind that holiday though <laughs> that tradition I, i'd only be in it for the drinks i'm not i'm not <laughs> touching the skull i can insult you i can insult anybody you know if, you do don't it. have to be the Mari Lloyd. You could just be in, like, the posse that's, like, insulting people. That might be yeah. more of a... That's, that'd probably be more my alley, but... <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, and next, France gives us Pierre Futard, or Father Whipper. He's a unhinged cannibal that functions as kind of a roadie for Santa Claus. So remember when I talked about St. Nicholas, and there was that dude that, like, chopped up the kids and pickled them in the little, you know... What are they called? Barrels. God damn it, Keenan. It wasn't even a hard word. It wasn't like. even remotely hard. Ah, what I failed to mention about that story is that he tried to feed said pickled children to St. Nicholas. And then St. Nicholas is like, I'm not eating that shit. And then he brings them back with his little magical saintly powers. And then he offers the dude a job. I can't what? even get a job with a master's degree. And this dude's pickling kids and he gets offered a job. I don't. Maybe you really like the pickle juice. <laughs> I guess. 
But then they changed his name. He became a kind of mean Santa who hung out with Santa. And then he whipped all the naughty children instead of giving presents. So like the anti-Santa. Weird. I, I just feel like whipping is like how bad, like how bad were the kids to get a whipping? Because that's pretty, pretty harsh punishment. That's very painful. Yeah. Being naughty is pretty subjective too, I think. What is the definition? We need to ask Delphine if she knows about this French cannibal Santa. Yes, we do. <laughs> She's our uh, token French friend. <laughs> yes. Because everyone needs one. Absolutely. So in Norway, one popular tradition is to hide the broomsticks in the home so that witches won't break into your house on Christmas Eve and won't steal your shit. Additionally, an old Norwegian tradition is to get a bunch of what I'm imagining drunk Norwegian dudes with shotguns to go outside and then they shoot off into the air. So moral of the story is protect your brooms at all costs in Norway. <laughs> all right. A little, I mean, it's not like the Italy witch that mocks kids over the head. I think that's kind of more playful. Yeah, that's kind of my favorite. This one's just busting up in your house and stealing all your stuff. I know. And at least the other one, she swept. It's true. It was very nice. A little cleaning. Like, I'm always going to appreciate that. <laughs> yes. Especially with dogs, it's like tumbleweeds if I don't sweep every single day. So I'll take huh. all the help. Christmas witch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the next one's fun. So Iceland. Man, it's wild. There's Gryla. She's a Christmas troll. And she's basically a hul- hulking disgruntled lady, which I can relate to. But she has 13 tails and an insatiable bloodlust for naughty children that she turns into a stew, which I do not relate to that. Gryla comes down from her home in the mountains to locate the rude children on Christmas. This isn't even just naughty. This is just rude shit. And then she puts (laughs) them in a sack. And then I'm assuming the sack has never been washed. That's probably really gross. And then she drags them up the mountain and then boils them alive. Jeremy. No. (laughs) (laughs) So gross. So it's also hilarious. She's worked her way through three husbands, two of which she straight up murdered because they were boring. How did she get married? How does she get a man? Right. <laughs> There's a lot of questions left unanswered. <laughs> like, I was wondering, like, is there plenty? Like, did she find somebody online? Did she catfish someone? <laughs> well, that's my answer. They had 13 children. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> so, so they're getting it. And they're called the Yule Lads. And they like to fuck shit up and lick stuff. So here we go. Here's just a quick summary of the Yule Lads. And each one shows up. There's 13 days of Christmas in Iceland. And then each Yule Lad, one shows up on each day. So, okay. And they stay for 13 I days, I've I think. I have heard this before. I know yeah. that phrase. Maybe it's from Sabrina. Like, yes. the new Sabrina. Yes, they were on that. If you didn't have the Yule Log burning, the Yule Lads come in and like terrorize you yeah, and Gryla stole something. Yeah. That's where I saw this too. Okay. Awesome. Uh, so the first one is, I don't know how to speak Icelandic, so I'm doing the translations. So sorry. I need to make that a drinking <laughs> game. Every time I mispronounce something, take a shot. <laughs> I, He'll be I drunk. don't want that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't need that in all my uh, conscience. Like how many drunk people are getting wasted. <laughs> Ah, so the first one is sheep coat clawed and he tries to suckle ewes in a farmer's sheep shed, which I had to Google what a ewe was. And it's a kind of plant with berries that's like poisonous. So I'm not quite sure what that's all about. Gully gawk is 
also a really fun name to say. He steals from buckets of cow milk. Or steals foam from buckets of cow milk. Just the foam? Just the foam. Okay. These are all very oddly specific. Stubby is short, and he steals foods from frying pans. That's pretty much where I cook everything in. Okay, so now... Now we're laying down the hands right now. <laughs> Next is spoon liquor, which I think oh, is very self-explanatory. There's pot liquor. He steals the unwashed ones and then licks them clean. I can't tell if that's trying to be helpful. There's I a guess, lot of... I guess you, you have to scrub that greasy stuff off. You just, like, he's done it for you and you just now give it a good rinse. A little soap. <laughs> Next is bowl liquor. He steals bowls of food from underneath the bed, which why are you? That's why not is a good it there? Place, yeah, not a good place. Back in the old days, Icelanders used to sometimes store bowls of food there, uh, which the website I found was like maybe for a convenient midnight snack. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's just like fucking cold and you don't want to get up. So you just put food so you don't have to get up in the morning. Maybe, maybe you're like a sickly or an elder person. Maybe. If you're but, from Iceland, let me know. <laughs> we'll put it on a shelf, not put it under the bed. <laughs> uh, the next one is door slammer. He stomps around and slams doors to keep everybody awake. Kind of that a dick dude, but you yeah. know, all right. Gear gobbler eats up all the Icelandic yogurt. I don't have any, so that's fine. <laughs> Sausage swiper. Also very self explanatory. <laughs> They're going to be disappointed because all I have is tofu. <laughs> uh, window peeper. Do not like that. Ooh, and then sometimes when he's creeping outside your window, he'll see something he likes and then come inside to steal it. Door sniffer. Sniffer? I- sniffer. He has a big nose. An insatiable appetite for stolen baked goods. There's meat hook and he snatches up any meat left out, especially smoked lamb. Okay. And a uh, candle beggar. He steals candles, which is pretty important when it's really dark in Iceland. So, also dick move. Okay. Yeah, that's where all my candles go. I always think I have more than what I do when the power goes out. <laughs> where do they all go? Iceland, that's all the old lads, but they're on a roll. They also have this gem. Children who don't receive new clothes on Christmas Eve will be devoured by a mythical monster called the Yule Cat. I think that's on the parents then. I know, right? So sad. In a it's a large and angry feline rumored to lurk in the snow. It's a weird tradition, but it came from farmers. They made this myth as an incentive for the workers to finish processing the autumn wool before Christmas. And then the ones who took part in the work would be rewarded with new clothes. And then because they had new clothes, they wouldn't get eaten by a cat. So. Oh, okay. Almost done. There is a lot of hags in these stories. So the next hag <laughs> is Frau Perchta. And this is from Austria. And she does this cool thing where she finds naughty kids sleeping in their beds, disembowels them, and then she replaces their internal organs with straw and small rocks. So, so gross. <laughs> Escalated quickly. Yes. Uh, she's frequently portrayed with an enormous club foot. She usually has two or more faces, and then she has a sweet white robe. And she leaves pieces of silver for the nice kids. So I guess the disembowelment fairy's not so bad if you're going to get silver. But 
Again, do they, what is naughty? <laughs> exactly. Like, I need a confirmation and like what line is cross to be disemboweled or whipped. Also, do they survive the straw stone belly or like they just have to live with that the rest of their life supposedly or do they just kill over? There was no like it, I'm pretty sure they're dead. I think okay. that if they survived that, they probably would have added that somewhere. But I did not yeah. see anybody. I was like, I mean, logically, yes, yes, yeah, but, but none of this is logic. So yeah. <laughs> it is a good question. Uh, the next is Krampus or Krampus. Uh, he's all <laughs> horns and fangs. He has an uncomfortable amount of hair, so he's basically a demon meets goat, you know. And yeah. he doesn't just whip kids with birch sticks. Lots of legends have it that he'll drag a bag of bad children to hell to be tortured forever. Alright. Again, that escalates quickly. You can't even be good the next year. You're just done. Yep. You only get one. You only get that. Apparently Krampus creeped out everybody including the Austrian fascist so badly that in 1930 they banned any Krampus stuff as a sign of moral decay. But I imagine that fascists are exactly what Krampus is going to drag down to hell. So that's probably them just being scared because fuck fascism. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can't get me if I ban you. <laughs> Not today, fascist. Not today. <laughs> uh, the next one, think Wicker Man, but a goat. Initially, the goat was meant to be a nod to the European Yule traditions, which involved healthful gift-bearing goats. <laughs> but... <laughs> Uh, it turned into this thing where they'd build this giant goat and oh god I don't even know how to speak Swedish (laughs) what's like the A with the two dots I don't even know how to even begin to say that I want to say this in American horribly sorry Gavel Sweden every year since 1966 and it's been torched 37 times apparently they don't want it to burn every year so the officials have covered the goat with fireproof coating but it didn't seem to work because the dew in the morning makes the flame retardant slide off and then somebody burns it down all right and then on december 7th which is our birthday week ish families (laughs) in guatemala take part in a christmas tradition of lighting satan on fire I like this one. The ritual of La Quema de Diablo is meant to symbolize cleaning out your house of any potential devil stuff and then to torch the evils of the previous year as you move on to a new one. The streets are filled with weird devil shit and kids like show up and light up devil horns and all kinds of other stuff and then they just burn it all. I don't really hate that one. <laughs> that feels like more like a cleansing. Mm-hmm. Actually kind of kind of more for that. Yeah. And then the last Just getting out one. all the bad juju. Yes. Yes. I do like that one. The last one in South Africa, a local Christmas tradition revolves around a ghost of a young boy named Danny who was beaten to death by his grandmother for eating cookies she'd left out for Santa. Again, escalates so quickly. His ghost now hangs out between the veil of the living and the dead, and he's still really into cookies. He said to haunt the homes of naughty children who are thinking about sneaking out of bed to make the same mistake he did. So the details about what Danny does to you when he catches you are pretty uh, hazy, but because this is the historical as fuck podcast, I'm going to say that the ghost eats the children. <laughs> I'm going to speculate wildly. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> but my thing is, okay, if you just think about eating the cookies he gets you because 
you can think about doing something. There's so many things I think about doing, but I don't do it. It's true. That's true. Yeah, a lot of this, there's no room for mistakes at Christmas, apparently. Yeah. And those things I think about, that could be cleaning my apartment. I don't do it. <laughs> I could be. <laughs> I get, that's all, there's a whole range of good and bad of all these things I think about doing. And that doesn't happen. It's true. I thought about doing laundry today. I did not do that. Nope, nope. I need to do that. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, we just ended on ghost eating children. Let me guess. Murder next. <laughs> it's murder. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. My thing is morbid. And yeah, death on Christmas. Let's roll with it. We got a little lovely list for y'all from this <laughs> article. <laughs> and it's funny. It's like the 12 murders at Christmas. <laughs> it was perfect it was made for us yep basically i probably depending on time i might not read all 12 but we're gonna at least get started and see how this rolls this first one and i thought it was very fitting with what's on disney plus and that is a murder plot hatched in star wars code what yep no not baby yoda well, I don't think it it was a while ago, so it wasn't during this time, but like with all the Star Wars talk, I'm like, well, this is fitting. <laughs> so brothers David and Roger Cooper plotted to poison a woman in a series of Star Wars inspired coded text. Samina Imam was having an affair with Roger, but he was desperate for Samina, one of the three of his lovers. So this man seeing three people one of three. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. So oh not god. to reveal what was going on to his wife, so that only option was to kill her. Um, oh, of course. That's the only thing yeah. you can do. Only option. After a month of planning and messages exchanged in code, Star Wars code, the brothers plotted to kill Samina. When she arrived at David's home on Christmas Eve, looking for Roger, David decided to smother her with a rag soaked in chloroform. Oh, my God. I know. Remember, these are all murder, so we can make jokes, but in the end, it, it is death. Again, we don't think murder's funny. We just think we're funny. Yeah. Put that on a disclaimer. <laughs> well, and you, you know, you gotta laugh or cry about it, and... I will make snarky jokes. It's the Star Wars part that I think is funny out of all of this. Because I'm like, that's... How do you do that? Like, this Death Star is coming, and I don't know. I don't know. All I, I no think idea. it was Bill Murray singing that Star Wars, nothing but Star Wars on SNL. Like yeah. Burlesque Star Wars song. <laughs> yes. <I love> it. <laughs> Another one is enraged by an apparent argument with his wife. Justin Lee Klopp hacked his wife to death on Christmas oh. Day. I'm not laughing at the it, hacking. I'm laughing at the last name. Sorry. Yeah, I know. Klopp. Klopp. Oh. Yeah, oh. hitting her repeatedly in the head with an axe and cutting her throat with the chopper. They've been married to Stephanie Kilhepner. Yes. She's got a lot of consonants in that name. They were married for three years, and after the brutal slaughter, he wrapped her body in a bag, put it in the outbuilding, and took the two children to his parents' house to celebrate Christmas. <gasps> what a sociopath. Mm-hmm. You think he's like that five-year-old that asked for an axe for Christmas in the last Possibly. episode? One of those kids? God damn it. 
I, mean, I still need to figure out if I'm related to Harold. It's true. Moving on, the children were age five and two, and he actually that day phoned and confessed to the killing to the police. Oh, man. And then hung himself in prison. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. That's just him. This next one is interesting, especially by the title, and it is called A Rampaging Santa Armed with a Flamethrower. <laughs> I am intrigued. Yep. <laughs> Bruce Pardo, 45, killed nine people, including his ex-wife, after going on a rampage dressed as Santa Claus with four handguns and a flamethrower at a Christmas Eve party. Oh my, oh my God. That's yep. a lot of varying things that typically don't go together. Nope. A recording of a woman caught in the conflict calling police revealed her saying, he's shooting my whole family. My mom's house is on fire. She goes on, we need someone immediately. My daughter's been shot. She was shot in the face. Former aerospace engineer Pardo had recently gone through a bitter divorce with his ex-wife, Sylvia, 43, who died alongside her parents and three of her four siblings. He later oh. shot himself. Oh, yeah. my God. Yep. Oh. Yep, this is why I might not read all 12. <laughs> <laughs> The Mystery of Jean Benet Ramsey. Oh. This is a six year old girl, and she was discovered battered and bludgeoned to death on Christmas Day, 1996, in Colorado. Oh. The little girl was reported missing by her mother, Patsy, who told the police she had found a ransom note. During a search of the house, Father John and her lifeless body, they found her body in the basement. She had been strangled and hit on the head. Her parents and brother, Burke, were cleared of any involvement in her death, and the police have yet to find the murderer, actually. Yeah, that's one of those other big conspiracy ones, kind of like the Zodiac, like so many different theories. I think a movie just came out claiming that the brother did it. I think they're like suing or something. Uh, Which movie? Uh, I don't, I don't remember if it was like a movie movie or it was like Lifetime or something, but a movie came out, like a documentary, people mm. claiming that the brother did it, and then they staged the murder, like it was an accident, oh. or he okay. didn't mean to kill her, and then they staged the murder to keep him safe or something. Hmm. I don't know. Apparently no. they sued, so they were very upset about it, which I don't blame them. They're innocent, people are claiming. Yeah. Don't really need that to get out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, next is called Good Samaritan Killed for Kindness. Aww. When actress Trisha McCauley drove to her friends on Christmas Day, she decided to help a man who looked like he needed a lift. Aww. Trisha was well-loved in the community. She taught yoga classes and shared, she had a garden and shared vegetables with the neighbors. And she posted on her Facebook that she was leaving for her friend's house at 4.30, but she never arrived. And Aww. while they contacted her, information showing Trisha had used her cards and appeared to show she was alive. It wasn't until December 27th of 2016 that her dead body was found in her car. When officers unlocked the car, they found Trisha's body wedged between the rear and the front seats concealed from view. 
She'd been sexually assaulted, beaten, and strangled to death. Her legs were bound with a seatbelt. Oh, my God. Where was this again? It just sounds oddly familiar. There was a um, a murder in my hometown, and it was a serial killer, though. And it was almost the exact same thing around Christmas. They found her wedged between the seats in her car in the town square. That's wild. Um, well, they did catch the guy who did it, though. It was Dwayne Johnson, age 29. He had been driving her car with her corpse inside. <gasps> oh, yeah, definitely not the same guy. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Which what kind of psychopath? <laughs> yeah. I'd rather yeah, my grandpa worked with that same. guy. My mom, like, was left alone with him. The serial killer guy. Really scary. Yeah. Well, this was in 2016, so this was... Oh, was... What kind of psychopath kills somebody and then drives around with them in the car? I don't know. Yeah, well, he was no. using her credit cards and whatnot to make it look like she was still alive. And maybe he just needed cash. He could have been a homeless person that was doing stuff or, or made to, himself to look like it. I don't know. But interesting enough, after he was arrested, he told investigators that on Christmas Day, Tristan offered him a lift and they had consensual sex. Yeah, right. On the mm. curb. Mm. Afterwards, he said the actress had become despondent and talked about killing herself. He claimed the actress had killed herself and later confessed to her murder. Oh my I'm god. Like, like, really, man? Really? That is... Oh my god. <laughs> that is the worst excuse I think I've ever heard. Oh my god. Alright, let's keep going. Kina, your next thing better be funny. Alright, okay. accused, accused of witchcraft and drowned in a bathtub. Shit, what year is that? We will find out. Oh, God. I I, I don't see a year, actually, on this one. Well, I'm assuming because it's a bathtub, it's not like Salem. Oh, no, this is... These are all within, like, the past ten years or so. Oh. Or 1996, I think that's, like, one of the oldest ones. So, like, 20-ish years. Oh. Yeah, this isn't... I mean, it's history, but not that history. Just happened in the past. So Christy Bamu was just 15 when he was found drowned in a bath on Christmas Day. The teenager had been subjected to a campaign of brutal abuse by his sister and her partner, Eric. So Megaly and Eric. His body was found riddled with 130 injuries after they tortured him because they believed he was a witch. Oh my god. Yeah, Chrissy had come to London from Paris with his two brothers and two sisters to spend the festive season with Megaly at her flat in Newham, London. Mm-hmm. However, things turned sour when the couple who were said to be obsessed with witchcraft, known as Kendoki, Kenduki, in their native Democratic Republican of Congo, accused them of putting spells on a younger child. The, cu- the couple were found guilty of his murder oh my god that's so sad i mean it's has to be terrifying to be murdered by somebody you don't know but then to be killed by somebody you do know i just can't imagine how scary it must be to be like your family you're supposed to love me and that's the last thing oh my god i know 130 injuries (sighs) oh that's a rough one i know and only 15 a lot of a lot of roughness with that Mm mm-hmm 
mass murder over presence and death. death. Oh my god. Yep. Oh, it just keeps coming. Yep. When Michelle Anderson and her boyfriend went to visit her parents for Christmas Day, they took handguns instead of gifts. Oh no. Wayne. Oh, this one's bad. Well, they're all bad. They're all terrible. Wayne and Judy had a home in Carnation, Washington. It was a house they lived in for over 30 years. Wayne was 60, an engineer at a local company. Judy, 61. She worked at the post office. They were devoted to their family and the community. Their daughter, Michelle, 29, lived in a caravan on the grounds of the family home and with her boyfriend, Joseph, also 29. But on Christmas Eve in 2007, Wayne and Judy had invited him over for the family meal. Their son, Scott, and wife, Erica, and their, their children, Olivia, Nathan, were also coming. Michelle was angry that she was being asked by her parents to pay rent and that her brother had not repaid money he owed her. Oh, my God. Her fury boiled over, and when they arrived at their home at 4 p.m., Michelle and Joseph shot her parents. Oh, my God. When Erica and Scott arrived, the slaughter continued. Despite Erica's pleas to save the little ones, by Christmas Day, six were dead, and their bodies were found on Boxing Day. Oh, no. Oh, what a horrible person. You're the dick that didn't pay your rent. I know. Well, like, also, can't you just let that go for a day? You can't. You can't just let that just sit god. for a minute. I oh my god. All right, this is the last one I'm going to read. There's a few more after this. If anyone's interested in reading them, we'll have it on our website, the article and whatnot, or you can just Google it because apparently there are a lot of Santa murders. Just so you know, there are a lot of murders of people who dress like Santa. It kind of made me think of the clown thing. And I just, after reading this one article, I'm like, I can't do any more of this. So oh. I can only handle so much death. So this is the last one. Honey of fish date led to a woman's death. Oh, Jesus. So teacher Katie Locke, age 23, was murdered when she went on a, on a first date with Carl Langdale. The pair who met on a dating website Plenty of Fish went on a date in London before going back to the four-state Therabolds Park Hotel, where he murdered her. Langdale, a trainee lawyer, strangled Katie and then had sex with the corpse. Oh, my God. Yep. Oh, we haven't even talked about that yet. We got cannibalism, but we haven't done the necrophilia yet. Um, God damn. Yeah, we're busting that open a little bit. This better not be a theme. (laughs) Then, well, he then took pictures and wrapped her body in bed sheets and dumped it in the bushes in the back of the hotel. She was found on Christmas Eve. It was only nine months before the murder that Langdale had told a community psychiatric nurse that he wanted to cut a girl's throat. (gasps) Katie was unaware that Langdale had spent time in a psychiatric hospital and was serving a suspended sentence for telling the nurse his sick fantasies. The violent fantasist had described herself as an ordinary decent human on Facebook. Oh. He was, yeah. He was sentenced to life in prison for killing, which took place in 2015. Wait, so he, 
he said before he murdered her, he told a nurse that he wanted to do that and they didn't do anything. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, I'm rereading that line. Katie was unaware that Langdale had spent time in a hospital and was serving a suspended sentence for telling the nurse his sick fantasy. Suspended sentence. Huh. But either way, he was in a hospital and obviously they either he faked it until he made it or maybe it was they on just, parole or something. I don't know, but some it, it went bad. Oh, and that's I, so and I sad. Feel bad for this girl. Man, that's really scary, too, because I'm sure that happens a lot. Like somebody will say something, but you don't. It doesn't click that they're serious because if you're, if he was in there for being like having delusions, you know, sometimes people say a lot of stuff, but they don't act on them. You know, having a few violent fantasies, that's just, you know, your dreams and fantasies a little bit, but mm-hmm. they don't really, people aren't very proactive, I've noticed. They're more, um, I don't know. They always, it seems like people always take care of the aftermath, but they don't usually tend to do much beforehand. Yeah. Looking, cause no, people don't really see the signs until it's too late. That's true. I know, like, my only thing I've ever experienced is when I was in school, and we were really young, boy that was in my class. And he was one of those kids that was, he was dirty. And then at lunch, he was just, like, ravenous, and he would eat all his food really fast, and then he would just take whatever food anybody gave him, and everybody made fun of him and stuff. And, like, in hindsight, we know now he was being brutally abused. He wasn't allowed to have, like, food or clean clothes, and he was just, it was awful. And everybody made fun of him, and he told our counselor that he had a hit list and that he was going to kill everybody but three people. And uh, she didn't report him because she didn't want him... I think she was in a terrible place because she thought that if she reported him, the abuse would get worse. And like, yeah, yeah. So it was, uh, I think she tried to keep it between her and she was trying to deescalate just herself, but she was also just a, uh, an officer. So I don't know if she was actually trained in that. Cause this was like, this was probably the nineties. So they didn't really have the training they do now, but, uh, she thought he was just talking and then somebody found his hit list and, his plan he had already planned what he was gonna do and it was a small small school so he was gonna put everybody in the gym and you know hurt everybody it was right after uh i think it was right after columbine oh wow yeah maybe that's yeah 90s yeah i know how it rolls sometimes and uh he did get taken away he was in a juvie i think and when we were both i guess 19 i saw him at walmart and he was like i just wanted to let you know that i was not gonna kill you and I was like, I don't know how to process that. But okay. He's like, you were the only person that was ever nice to me. I was like, well, so I don't know where he's at. I hope he's better. At that point, he said he got help and he was away from his family and stuff. So I hope he's still okay. But that always stuck with me. You never know what people say if they really mean it and like what would have happened. Ugh, it was really scary, but people are garbage. I think that's what I'm getting at. People are just, ugh. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. But yeah, it's really difficult. (laughs) So no judgment to the people that like, it's all impossible. Except for the people that kill people. Fuck them. Yeah. (sighs) Okay, I'm going to try to be funny. (laughs) Uh, There's a lot of pressure to be funny. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. (laughs) I warned y'all at the beginning. (laughs) Warned Uh, y'all. Well, luckily, I think this, this might 
thanks to our Patreon that picked the word this week. So, Carrie, she is our spicy AF patron. Also, my best friend and the person that has been instructed to delete my browser history if I die unexpectedly. She gave <laughs> me the word this this week. <laughs> and she gave me instructions. She gave me the word fartlek. And she wants me here to say very loudly and very often. So, okay, here we go. Fartlek means speed play in Swedish, and it's a continuous training with intervals. It means to run a very simple form for long distance and then slow down. So it's a type of running. I'm picturing like the farting just helps you run faster. <laughs> like some yeah. bad projection. I feel like an idiot because I was like, is this a real word? She's like, yes. And then she sent me the definition i was like oh okay well not as smart as i think i am (laughs) i still partially don't believe it i feel like it's (laughs) It's probably a giant joke like i think i think someone is like pulling our leg that (laughs) like someone wanted this to be a real word so they made up they put this in the dictionary somehow like very it was a goal and they achieved it (laughs) yeah but just a friendly reminder, if you join Patreon and you are a brilliant AF and above, you get to pick a story and a word for us on random, along with a lot of other stuff. So this is why we have all these people like sending us like, You can hear us say fart lick <laughs> and whatever other word you want us to say. Oh, I don't. Which one is it? I have fart lick and then I have far lick. Let me Google it really quick. <laughs> That's too similar. I wrote it twice. Different ways. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, hold music. <laughs> fart like? It seems like, yep, fart like. I'm assuming that's how you say it. It's probably some weird Swedish way that doesn't sound like fart, but for sake of comedy purposes, I'm going to say fart like. <laughs> All right. So, my segment is going to try to incorporate fart licks into as many December holidays as I possibly can, beginning with Christmas. The first one, the Drunken Santa Festival. <laughs> so, happy birthday, Jesus. Let's all get sloshed. <laughs> the uh, Santa Con is an annual pub crawl in which people dress up as Santa Claus or other Christmas characters and a parade about in several cities around the world. This is a global thing now, which is just bonkers. It began in San Francisco in 1994. It was inspired by a Mother Jones article on the Danish activist theater group called, oh, Jesus Christ, Solvagenen. Why is there so much? Great. Oh, okay. I was about to say, why so much Swedish? But that's Danish. Different countries. In 1974, (laughs) they. funnier. (laughs) Like, why so much Swedish? I'm like, that's not that language. That's why. (laughs) Just like how we say, like, pardon my French. Like, come on. Yes. So in 1974, a group of those Danish activists, I'm not going to say that name again because I can't say it, (laughs) uh, gathered dozens of Santas in Copenhagen to hand out items on the shelves of department stores to customers as presents, in quotes, before they were arrested. It was staged as a street theater act by a local prankster group. And the aim was to make fun of Christmas and rampant consumerism associated with the holiday. It was originally called Santa Santa Arky. <laughs> That's funny. And it was influenced by surrealist movement Discordianism and other subversive art currents. It was not intended to be a recurrent event. So, you know, it all started out as this like uh 
What's the word I'm thinking? I can't even... I can't even think of a barrel when I'm trying to think of a big fancy word. But anyway, so this drunken Santa thingy was supposed to start out as a uh, performance art. Okay. Girl. Drunken Santas have to be a thing. So it evolved and spread to 44 countries around the world with varying versions and interpretations. The New York SantaCon is the largest with an estimated 30,000 people participating. Jesus. <laughs> it's a lot of Santas. It <laughs> is like, like you said, like the Santa killers. That's like the creepy clowns. Wait to me, yes. damn Santas. Yeah, Santas might be my next fear. I already don't like clowns. Mm. Well, we're getting into it, and especially they're <laughs> fart licking across and all drunkenly with all. Yes, and a uh, crime ensues. <laughs> so, <laughs> a December 2014 cover story in the Village Voice recounted how SantaCon had evolved from a joyful performance art to a to a bar crawl of drunken brawling vandalism and public urination and disorder in New York City and elsewhere. It resulted in a fierce community resistance and people from like who originated it were like, I don't want to be a part of this anymore. But nobody explained it better than my man, John Oliver, and this literally came out this week. So we're recording on the 11th. So this just came out three days ago and it was amazing. <laughs> He did an entire internet segment on the uh, Santa pub crawls. So funny. He describes the event as essentially a day-long pub crawl organized in various cities where thousands of people can get dressed up and get hammered. He continues by saying, it's not a magical occasion. It's a terrifying combination of binge drinking, public urination, and trauma to small children that decades of therapy will never manage to reverse. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. And, oh. and then he added news clips from all over the country and one of them i cackled it was this guy and he looked just traumatized and he was like i was going in the store i went to aisle four and there was two santas and they're just going at it he's like just just right there in front of everybody and then john replied well you're in the most erotic of food aisles <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so I'll put a link to the video on the website because it is so much fun. But yes, you, know, you know what pairs well with a drunken Santa con? Elf? A drunken Santa fartlick. <laughs> <laughs> it includes it that includes 5Ks like the Santa will run for beer 5K in Pennsylvania. There's the running of the Santas in various cities with the tagline, quote, the world's naughtiest pub crawl and festival and all different kinds of variations. So you can fart like your heart desires dressed up as Santa or beer. I don't really fart like very well. I'm a slow fart liquor. <laughs> <laughs> that should go on a shirt. <laughs> Next no, one. that's gross. <laughs> oh, there's a lot of licking in this episode. Pot liquor, fart liquor. Drinking game, y'all. <laughs> Rewind, re-listen, sip to, sip to all the licks, sip to lick, lick to sip. However you want to say it. Uh, next holiday, I'm sure you'll be shocked to hear that Hanukkah is less of a drunk and like public nuisance. <laughs> Can't believe it. I know Hanukkah is um, not even like the biggest Jewish holiday, but yet it's like the one everyone knows. It's true. Yeah, they got a lot of. <laughs> I got a lot of stuff, so I'm going to do a quick little historical detour on what Hanukkah actually is. A very short one. I'm going to leave out a lot, so please forgive me. 
Jews out there. You got a lot of history. <laughs> yeah, it's so much. Just kidding. So I take Which is awesome. Because <laughs> you have to go to Jews. <laughs> So Hanukkah is the festival of lights that lasts for eight days and nights. This year, Hanukkah starts on December 22nd, which I thought it was earlier, but it's always on the Hebrew calendar date of 25 Kislev. I can't speak Hebrew either. Sorry. And then it will, it will go through December 30th. So pretty okay. last week. For eight nights, candles are lit in the menorah and one is lit each night plus a servant candle called the Shamash. Each successive night, one more candle is added and lit. During the lighting, people recite special blessings and prayers. Songs are sung. Gifts are exchanged to commemorate the miracle in a temple more than 2,000 years ago. The holiday's popularity has surged in modern times, but its origins are ancient. And they go back to a turbulent time following the death of Alexander the Great, which I'm sure everybody's heard of him at least. So after he died, there was this giant power struggle that ensued. The Greco-Syrian Seleucid kings emerged victorious, and they began to rule all of Alexander's former territories, including Judea, which is located in the present-day Israel. They tried to force the Judeans to assimilate, but with all brutal plundering of Jerusalem and then the harsh treatments of the Jewish descendants, and they outlawed their faith. I'm not sure why he thought this would work to ask them to assimilate by just basically beating them and taking their shit. It did not work. (laughs) Spoiler alert. And uh, you know what else was not helpful is that they defiled their holy temple and they threw Zeus inside. A dick move, you know? It is. That's that's only a harsh dick move. That's pretty bad. You know, there's always a catalyst for people to start fighting back. And defiling their holy temple is probably one of those catalysts. You probably should have. Poor planning. So horrified (laughs) by the temple's desecration and cruelty towards the Jewish people, a priest named... Um, Mattathias and his sons rose up in rebellion. After his death in one, or, uh, almost said sixteen, one hundred and sixty-six BC, his son Judah, the oh my god, I should have looked all this up. My next <laughs> one is even worse. The next holiday, uh, Maccabi. I'm so sorry, Judaism, right. just in general. Also known as the Hammer, <laughs> took his father's place in the fight and led the Jewish people in many victories over the Seleucids and. 164. It's really hard to just say three numbers and a date. Keep on wanting to say 1647. In 164, Judah went back to Jerusalem and restored the temple, cleansing it and rededicated it. The revolt of uh, Maccabees. That sounds too English to me. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) It continued on and ultimately drove out the Seleucids in 160. The word Hanukkah means dedication, and it commemorates the miracle of light that occurred when Judah rededicated the temple to the Hebrew God. According to the Talmud, which is the holy text, the Seleucids left only one intact vial of oil, just enough to light the temple's candelabra for one day, but it burned for eight days, enough time for the victorious Judeans to secure more oil, and the miracle became the foundation of the holiday that we know as uh, Hanukkah. So, that's a very short version of what Hanukkah is, but nutshell. Literal nutshell. Now for some Jewish fartlicks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they have an eight crazy nights, 8K, and they have it as a virtual race, if anybody's interested. And you do one K <laughs> of fartlicks each night of Hanukkah. <laughs> virtual. That's hilarious. I guess do it. It's honor system. And then you report what you did. So oh. I sent it to my sister and she's like, doing it. I want the medal. So it's like a menorah. <laughs> Uh, in Massachusetts, they have a run a lot K 5K, which I thought was hilarious. 
Get it, latke, like the potato. Lockie. Yes, thank you. Okay. Just in case males didn't get it, I giggled. <laughs> so 10 points for that name. And then, like, every city had a Hanukkah hot chocolate run. I am down for that. Yes, Christmas we'll got beer runs, but Hanukkah's got a really cool hot chocolate run. And it was all over. So Obviously, Hallmark needs to get into Hanukkah because apparently they're doing hot chocolate. <laughs> yes, it looks like a lot of fun. And then the next celebration is Kwanzaa. So, another detour. (laughs) Kwanzaa is a cultural holiday that celebrates African heritage and identity. Uh, The name comes from the Swahili phrase, oh my god. So this is the one I'm going to butcher, and I'm so sorry. It's Matunda Ya Kwanzaa, which translates to first fruit. And the holiday is based on traditional African harvest festivals. Kwanzaa is relatively new. It was created in 1966 by Milana Karinga, a professor and department chair at California State University in Long Beach. It's a cultural holiday, not a religious one. So this is the difference between the other two. According to their official website, quote, thus available to and practiced by Africans of all religious faiths who come together based on a rich, ancient, and varied common ground of their Africanness, end quote. Kwanzaa is observed from December 26th to January 1st. The seven days correspond to seven principles, and seven candles are burned during Kwanzaa, and seven symbols are placed around your home. Kwanzaa is celebrated for seven days to emphasize the seven principles, and then they also use this time to celebrate family, community, and culture. The seven, I'm trying not to say this word, okay, Naguzo Saba are common among many African cultures, according to Don Hicks Tafari, who is a professor at Winston-Salem State University and co-founder of the Greensboro Kwanzaa Collective, which organizes the city celebration. The seven principles help people of African descent focus on ways to reinvigorate the pride in and celebrate African culture by acknowledging our connection to African cultures and traditions. So the seven principles and i'm gonna say the translations because i'm sorry i will butcher it but i will have links to what the real words are on the website the first one is unity to strive for and maintain unity within the family community nation and race the next one self-determination to define create and speak for ourselves the next one is collective work and responsibility It is to build and maintain community and to solve the community problems together. The next one is cooperative economics, and that's to build and maintain businesses and profit from them together as a community. The next one is purpose, to build and develop the community in order to restore the members to their traditional greatness. And the next one is creativity, to do as much as possible to leave the community better, more beautiful and beneficial than initially inherited. The next one is faith, to completely believe in the people within the community, parents, teachers, and leaders, and the righteousness and victory of the struggle. And uh, the seven Kwanzaa symbols that are placed around the house represent African cultural values that contribute to the community building and reinforcement. And according to Defari, they are the, oh God, these don't have translations. Okay, the Keka is a woven placemat put on the table to represent the foundation of a strong family. The Kinara is a candle holder with places for seven candles that represent parents. The Mishuma Saba is the seven candles, three red symbolizing struggle, three green symbolizing future, and one black candle symbolizing the African people. 
and then they're pl- placed in that candelabra. The Kakomba Cha Umaja is a unity cup that is used to pour libation or a drink typically poured as an offering to the spirit or God or in memory of a loved one who has died. The Vibunzi is an ear of corn representing each child in the family. The Mazo is a bowl of fruits and vegetables to represent the harvest. The Zawadi is gifts to children for keeping their promises throughout the year, typically a book or a heritage symbol. I like the book. Each family celebrates Kwanzaa in their own way, according to History.com, but the celebrations often include dancing, singing, storytelling, poetry reading, and then a traditional meal. That professor also said that she and her family celebrate Kwanzaa by decorating their home with crafts made by their children and by laying the seven symbols on their table. Each night, her family gathers around their display, prays and pours libations, lights the candle of the day, and discusses what the principles of Kwanzaa mean to them and how they have demonstrated the principles throughout the year, and then how they're going to improve on them on the next year. Afterwards, they enjoy African drumming, dance, they tell stories, and then they create more crafts. Such a sweet, sweet holiday. Wow, that sounds really nice, actually. Yeah. Friends are often invited on the final night of Kwanzaa to share in the Karumu, or feast. The professor says they created Kwanzaa, meaning that professor in the 1960s, during the height of the civil rights movement in response to the social and political climate, quote, black people were struggling for equal rights, freedom from oppression, and relief from the systemic injustices that robbed us of our ability to live lives filled with joy, pride, and self-expression. Kwanzaa is a time, according to Tafari, to remember that the history of African Americans does not begin with the slave trade, but it dates back to Africa. So okay. I also really like that, that it's, you know, instead of thinking themselves starting here, yeah, as slaves to remember that they're African and that their traditions don't have to begin here. So, so festivals. San Antonio, they're having a Kwanzaa market festival. And a festival is basically where it's going to be all black businesses and black entrepreneurs. And they can connect to other African-American consumers because that's one of the principles. It's the economic helping each other out. And they do trade and commerce they're going to sell and then they'll have uh, culturally enriching products, handmade goods, and then they have items for your celebration. Another part of it is I've saw every celebration has health screenings where you can oh. like take care of each other and it's all free. So I thought that was pretty cool. Hmm. Kwanzaa Fest, which occurs across the country, pretty much every big city, even Little Rock's having one. I looked it up. <laughs> <laughs> it's a celebration for all kinds of people focusing on family, friends, and the fruits of the earth. Celebrating the holiday season, the annual Kwanzaa celebration is a time to enjoy family, community, and culture. Uh, most will showcase employment resources, healthcare information, and screenings, and then other services available locally. And uh, here's what I found on Little Rock. So the Mosaic Templars is having a celebration. They're inviting people to come to their Kwanzaa Community Resource Fair. It'll mark the third day of Kwanzaa, and that's the day that represents the collective work and responsibility throughout communities to build communities up and it will showcase employment resources healthcare information other services available locally it'll feature kids craft corners as well and then they're going to be giving away free health screenings from the arkansas minority health commission but yes because it is such a big thing for uh health screenings i'm gonna assume that there are fart licks involved because you need to running makes you healthy so i'm just assuming (laughs) Yeah, I know I when I worked at the library, we did Kwanzaa 
stuff for a couple of years. And it's really cool. So I highly I, recommend looking it up. I don't have any activities planned that is Kwanzaa related. It's funny. I've actually kept it. I'm more been doing stuff for the Winter Olympics. That's what I did today was Winter oh, Olympics cool. stuff. And then we'll do each month we're doing Winter Olympics training. And then we'll <laughs> do our final thing. And yes, there's curling. That is Curling is the reason why I did it, by the way. But <laughs> we do have a Hanukkah display mm-hmm. and a Kwanzaa display as well. I love that. We actually have both candles we have the menorah and then what's the kwanzaa one Do you oh remember? i just closed it out it's okay um <laughs> but we have it's- both both of their symbols along with some corn and like some signs of harvest for kwanzaa and then we've got a dreidel and a few things for hanukkah as well and then we have a book display for for all three those two and christmas and it's stories and nonfiction of history and crafts for the different mm-hmm. holidays. So we do have that going for us. I'm pretty proud of our little yeah. equality. Yeah. And my boss is Jewish, so she's like, oh, like this is cute. And she's like, we don't really even appreciate Hanukkah that much. <laughs> Ramadan and stuff. I'm like, well, like you're enjoying this whether you like it or not. <laughs> like we're doing this for you. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we just had like a window display, I think, for both at the library, but it's really cool. There's more holidays. There's Boxing Day. There's the Chinese New Year. A few other things that I didn't include just for the sake of time, but we also, there's always next Christmas, so I didn't want to do them all. Yeah, it doesn't mean we won't have them. (laughs) It does not mean we won't touch them. I almost did Boxing Day, but when I saw the weirdness of mistletoe, and then, of course, murder for morbid, so, you know. Yeah. It's just how it goes. But yeah. yeah, I've always been fascinated with Boxing Day, like the fact mm-hmm. that they call it. Yeah, I'm also like fascinated with Britain. <laughs> like, we'll just add this to the English, list. I'm like, oh, I love it. Add this to the list of things that we need to, like mythology, like everything that we need to continue. It's true. There will be I more. Have, I have so many bookmarks. I'm like, ooh, that'd be a good one to do someday. Just keep clicking and clicking and clicking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I found there's like a holiday. Dedicate to the three wise men. I was like, I don't know about that. Save that for later. But yeah, there's a lot. So Too much. whatever you believe in, or if you believe in nothing, we hope you're having a good December. And if you celebrate one of these holidays, we hope you have a good holiday. <laughs> Pretty much. It's like, just don't be a dick this month. Yeah. We want dickless December. Oh, or, that's good. <laughs> don't be, don't be a dick this month in December. And, you know, maybe tip a little extra to your waitress because if you don't do Christmas, maybe they do and they might need a little extra money for presents Mm -hmm. for their kids or whatever. Just be decent. (laughs) And I know gift shopping can be stressful. We don't gift shop anymore, so I don't have to worry about that. But all the people that work at these stores, they're running them ragged right now to keep up with, you know, the busy times. So be nice to the people that are serving you because... They're probably having a shitty day. I mean, I never worked retail as in, like, clothes and stuff, but I worked at PetSmart, and even, like, Black Friday at PetSmart, people would be banging down the door. I'm like, we don't even have sales. Why are you here? But it was because we were in the mall area. Yeah. People just stampede in there, and then they would treat you like garbage. Uh, I worked at a Hallmark. That was awful. I did, yeah. I did not stay there very long. I was there for, like, three months. 
I'm like, this is this is not fun for me. Oh, I remember that. I remember yeah. <laughs> I, during the daytime, I was a librarian, and at night, I worked a few hours at Hallmark. And, uh, yeah, it was awful. Yeah. No thanks. Well, yeah. Everybody, oh. I hope everybody has a good holiday. If you uh, just, yeah, be nice. And uh, if you can, if you're able, pay it forward to somebody. You know, yes. I made a nice little gift. No matter what you believe in, pay for some nice coffee or open a door for somebody. I don't know. Most stores have boxes if you want to buy a toy for kids. You can donate to your food pantries. If you live in a military town, a lot of times you can adopt a military person that doesn't have a family to go home to. And then they can just come over and have holiday dinner with you. There's a lot of things. They don't really cost a lot, but it means the world to those people. I saw on Thanksgiving, I I don't know why we didn't sign up this year. It's probably because we're still getting settled. But there was a line of people in San Antonio waiting for cars to come pick them up for a Thanksgiving dinner. And I don't think all of them got picked up. So I'm like, oh, my heart. So, yeah. And even check your local libraries. We do food for fines at Central Arkansas Library System. I believe it's it'll be over when you're hearing this, but... Check that out, too, because sometimes they do donations and then take them to different shelters or some type of organization that's local to y'all and convenient. Yeah, a lot of libraries do that. Or they do the drives for, like, coats and stuff. A lot of libraries do that, too. Yes, I think we're doing sweaters right now. Downtown, people are leaving coats on one of the bridges for the homeless to pick up if they need one. And then even in... Seguin, we walked by a place and it says, need a coat, take one, have a coat, leave one. So they just have a swap. Kind of like a little library. library. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, that's a really good idea. Yeah. So So Diglis December, be nice. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So it doesn't take much to just be nice to people. Sometimes just like smiling and just saying hi to somebody can make their day. Mm -hmm. Because some people just, people are really rude. (laughs) Yeah. Or just like you like your earrings or... Just, just, I, I sometimes will overly compliment people just to make sure they have a good day at the library. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but don't be like overly aggressive with it because then it just turns creepy. No, it's more like, <laughs> oh, I really like your necklace. And then the next person, I'm like, I like the color of your nail polish. Like, it's just, it's, I always just pick one thing. And usually it's actually pretty genuine. I'm like, if I make, I can make an outfit out of everything I've seen here today. <laughs> yeah. God, it was a couple of weeks ago. I was at the Riverwalk and I dressed up and I had like two people compliment me on my outfit and I felt so good. And it, my whole day was just made just because somebody yeah. was like, your outfit, girl, rocking it. And I was like, fuck yeah, I am. Mm-hmm. Best day ever. <laughs> You're welcome for looking at this. Yes. <laughs> yes. Made my day. <laughs> All right, guys, you know the drill. We have Patreon you want to join that we have the extra episodes book chat deleted scenes bloopers live q a's etc that's patreon.com slash historical af pod <laughs> little, like, for those who can't see us uh kina just did a little extra head bob with yeah. her little bun shaking and jingling and it was pretty fun yeah. anyways <laughs> just a little extra for you <laughs> If you join Patreon, uh, you can see that. Oh, exactly. Cool. Like, if you want to see it. <laughs> and of course, we also have our social media like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all historical AF pod. It's all great. It's all hilarious. And of course, with Patreon, we do post more on our Patreon group. But I do love our little speakeasy. I like that's what it's called. Yeah. <laughs> I really rolled deep in the 20s, but I like it because it's basically you guys. We don't really do a whole lot except creep. 
But yeah, everybody's just sharing stuff and like talking to each other. It's really fun. It's like a little community now. So I really It really is. I like I like our little group chats and yeah. or just like I saw this and made me laugh and we just share it and sometimes it's history, sometimes it's just ra- it's just random. Like I just love it. So thank you all for participating in that. And yeah. please share more. Yes, and our email is historicalafpod at gmail.com. And we always need listener stories, so please. And, like, you know, New Year, if you have some resolutions or something, you can throw those in. Or if you made your resolution this year, brag. Let us brag on you. Yeah, because that is weird. (laughs) Like, sometimes people don't even make it to, like, day three. Yeah. I don't even make it to day one. I'm eating cake for breakfast. And I'm like, well, (laughs) this has already failed. Might as well finish this place. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I saw a meme. It was Marge Simpson like being like va va boom, and it was like how I wanted it in the year, and then it was like how I actually did. It was like the episode where she's really chunky and like, <laughs> like, yep, sounds about right. <laughs> uh, by the way, cake should be on our bingo sheet as well. It should. We do say cake. I'm gonna write that down. Cake, cake, <laughs> underline. <laughs> aggressively <laughs> and if you got a bingo off of this website please let us know um, or this uh this listen off of this episode please let us know because we would like to i would like to be informed of this <laughs> we want because i know we're pretty close we we nailed a lot of them you know like you do yes <laughs> there's another one <laughs> <laughs> anywho <laughs> that's another one. do we have anything else i don't think so all right thanks for listening we enjoy Bye-bye. enjoy you enjoying us yes be nice. Be appreciative of all of our holidays. Your family, your friends, your job. Because money's nice. Yeah. And, uh, and, then, and we uh, appreciate you. We do. And then next week we'll be back and we'll have another special guest. Anyway, bye guys. Bye. <laughs>